The theme of this season, if you've been watching these videos, has been you make your own luck. We've talked at length about the number of new things, improved things that this Leafs team has been doing to create situations where they can be lucky. You cannot blow a 5-1 lead to the league's worst team and call it bad luck! Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought Podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm Neil. Neil, how are you? How's I'm your good, week? Josh. You how was your Valentine's Day? It's been a great Valentine's Day. Very, very, you know, different with the yeah. lockdown and, and it's a COVID. lockdown Valentine's Day. Yeah. yeah. We actually spent Valentine's Day together. We worked together on Valentine's yeah. Day. It was, it was nice. I gave you Valentine. You did. I did. It was very special. Said I was epic. It was a Hot Wheels Valentine. <laughs> Anywho, we got a great show for you guys today. We're going to get into uh, losers of the week. We're going to get into something that nobody wants to talk about, but the Leafs and what happened to them against the Senators. We're going to talk J.J. Watt and the uh, whole week that he had. We're going to talk about the Raptors and what they need to do. Then we're going to talk about Draymond Green just, just spitting facts. You know? Just spreading his wealth of knowledge across the league. He's, he's very well-spoken. You know, he we're is. going to talk a little bit about that. He is. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, all right. But first, before anything else, let's get into Losers of the Week. Loser. All right. So we got our, our Losers of the Week here. I, I'm going to start it off here. Uh, my biggest loser of the week goes to Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. The you, once great basketball player, Blake yeah, Griffin. Yeah, you remember Blake Griffin, right? The, <laughs> I do. The slam dunk aficionado, the... Rumored know, to be, you know, dating a bunch of Hollywood actresses, Hollywood stars, you know. That great connection he had with uh, Chris Paul. Oh, yeah. You know. Legendary, really. Blake Griffin is actually under contract uh, this year and next year. This year, he's owed a remaining salary of, of $36.6 million. Can you believe that? And next, and not only oh, that, next man. year he's he's on the hook for thirty nine million. Um, Who's going to take on that contract? I, you know, like I've seen a few. You know, I've had the chance to uh, to see some Detroit Pistons games this year, and Blake Griffin just looks terrible. You know, I don't know if he he's, does. I don't know if he's dogging the season. He's just like not playing, or he, maybe he's still injured. He's coming off um, yeah, a lot you of got, injuries. He well, had to sit most of the season last season, so. Yeah, you know, he's very he's very injured last year. He's coming back and a lot of he's he's almost playing half the games, right? He's playing a game, the second game after that he's he's being quote unquote rested mm-hmm. for load management. Can he's you just, can you claim load management on a player who's not good? Uh I mean for for a guy that you're paying 36 37 million dollars this year for, you want your player to 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 be on the court. To be yeah. on the court, yeah, that's why you. <laughs> I still can't believe he's making that much money. I, I can't just... either. On, on top of that, like he's not an impact player. I think he's like really like just not even trying. Just the way he is on the court, he's averaging twelve points a game, five rebounds, four assists. But on top of that, he's he's literally averaging like thirty percent from the field shooting, which is awful for a, a power forward or a center. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're basically you're basically playing a couple feet away from the rim and you're shooting that low a percentage, it's not going to cut it. And Blake Griffin's not, I don't care if he 
hoist up nine threes a game. That's not his game. No. You know what I mean? That just saying, hey, I'm not even going to bother driving to get to the rim. So my vote for biggest loser of the week is Blake Griffin on the fact that it's going to be a very sad ending to his Detroit career. And I, I honestly don't believe there's going to be many people who are going to want to take on an aging star who isn't trying, who's declining in skill, and who's owed $40 million next year and 37 this year. It's just, what a loser. Yeah, such a loser. Yeah. My loser of the week and probably the year at this point is Bell Media. Um, it's Bell not Media. one single person, but, you know, fuck Bell Media. <laughs> they laid off hundreds of people just days after Bell Let's Talk Day. Uh, specifically people from TSN. They let go of Christian Jack, who is uh, just a world-class uh, soccer reporter. He's I've actually had the chance of met, meeting him in person once um, at Exhibition Ghost Station. I was very hammered, and he was very nice. Uh, they also let go of Dan O'Toole, uh, which was very awkward for Jay Onright because he had to he was left to explain the firing um, on their show. Um, and he was holding back tears the whole time. And they also fired Natasha. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw this out here now. Do you want... We could have a third person on this on this podcast. Um, the, Natasha's looking for a job right now. Let's get her on. You know, we need um, that, that female presence here. We do. Uh, and there's an open seat, you know, to my to my right and to my left. So, I mean, she, she could definitely join, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, send her, I'll send her a message. Um, but yeah, no, uh, since, since we started this podcast, Neil, Tim and Sid have broken up and now Jay, Jay and Dan, Jay and Dan yeah. have broken up. Like, are we, are we opening up the field here? Cause people are backing down after we're, after we're, you know, <laughs> destroying the competition or <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's one way to look at it. I, I don't, I don't really, I know we're, we're in a pandemic, but I don't really know the, the, uh, find the bottom line of of what these individuals cost and what the payroll is. But I know Bell Media has enough money to support their people Absolutely. throughout something like this. Absolutely. You know, with the money that, you know, I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but the money that they're gouging everyone on internet, on mm-hmm. phones, um, on other services they offer. Rod- Even the money- Rogers is the same way. You know what I mean? Like Rogers owns Sportsnet, right? Bell yeah. owns TSN. TSN. Yep. So, I mean, you see both of these huge powerhouse companies that are letting go of their staff and claiming that they need to, to make budget cuts. And to me, it just doesn't make sense. You no. know what I mean? You're letting go of the individuals who are the face of your company. You know what I mean? And it let's does face not it, look good. On let's Bell face Media. it. Like Sid obviously is, is, uh, is taking on a new challenge. He didn't get fired. But, you know, on the other side with Bell Media and TSN – you're coming out and it's being known that you are firing these yeah. individuals. You're letting them go. Yeah. And you're seeing Dan O'Toole on Twitter just blow up and say, Oh man, like, that was... like, I don't know if you've seen those Twitter messages he sent out. I have. Yes. I follow but him he's, on Twitter. He is letting Bell have it. Yeah. He immediately after getting fired, he, he changed his, his Twitter handle to not on TV O'Toole, I think was the actual yeah. Twitter handle. And he changed his uh, his bio to looking for a job, mm-hmm. and then he went on on Twitter and talked about how you know they just had Bell Let's Talk Day and they're just firing all their all their employees, which is just insane. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's just a shitty position to be in. You know, it's a shitty time that we're going through right now. I just hope, you know, it, like it doesn't affect them long term because, you know, they're two great platforms that a lot of sports fans rely on, especially in the mornings to, to uh, get their sports updates. So, I mean, something that we grew up watching was Jay yeah. and Dan, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and Tim and Sid as well. I know that's a, a little bit of a different scenario, but... Jay and Dan was definitely something that we we enjoyed watching growing up, and their their weird antics. That they, they were had they together. were the funny sports commentators, and everyone yeah. loved them. You know, like when they went away to the states, Canada was devastated because we lost yeah. our favorite commentators, and I feel like we just got them back, and now yeah. Dan is fired, and now Jay has to carry the show by it's himself. A, it's a new era. Yeah, crazy. Uh, anyways, let's move on to our runners up for the loser of the week. Last night, the Toronto Maple Leafs, at the end of the second period, had a 5-1 lead on the three-win Ottawa Senators, the losers of the North Division. Uh, And at the end of the game, Neil, it was 5-5 in overtime. It was going into overtime. Yeah, they tied it up late. They did. Ottawa Senators tied it up. And then they had the audacity. The Leafs had the audacity of letting Ottawa win the game in overtime. They gave up a 5-1 lead. It wasn't even a 4-1 lead, which I'd be more okay with. I mean, it would hurt still because, you know, that wound hasn't healed from Boston Game 7. But it was a 5-1 lead yeah. over the the bottom of the NHL. And the Leafs mm-hmm. are first, like, the Leafs are still, they shouldn't be, but they're still first in the NHL right now, even after that loss last night. You yeah. can't give up a 5-1 lead if you want to win the North Division, if you want to make the playoffs, if you want this team to be a Stanley Cup contender. You can't lose a 5-1 lead to any team, let alone the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, Josh, I mean, this is just like, it, it goes back to, to what we've seen in history from the Maple Leafs, right? Like, they have a history of playing down to their opponents, right? They've already lost this season to Ottawa. Ottawa hasn't won very many games, but some one of the games that they have won is against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Two of the games they have won now. Two of the games now. So, yeah. uh, you know, this this loss is up there uh, on the Mount Rushmore of, <laughs> of Maple Leafs. Up there with David Ayers, trauma. Zamboni driver. Yeah, uh, the Maple Leafs losing to a Zamboni driver. The Maple Leafs losing in the playoffs in a Game 7, up 4-1 in the third period. This this goes up there, you know what I mean? The Leafs are up 5-1 with less than a minute left in, in the second period. Yeah. And they blew it. And, you know, this all boils down to one word, discipline, right? If the Leafs want to get to that next level, to a playoff contender status, to a team, someone like the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are known as, hey, like, we're going to have, that's, that's the bar that's set. You know what I mean? We want to be them. Yeah. If the Leafs are trying to get to that stature and win some cups, they gotta squash teams like this. They gotta when they're up five one, they gotta they gotta complete the game. They, they gotta play lockdown defense. Yeah. They took their foot off sit, the pedal. Sit in your own zone, you know, stay at home, cover the blue line, you know what I mean? Like just just play defense. Yeah. Play prevent defense. You know what I mean? If you're up five one, you've already won the game. There's no point in in pressing. You, you know, should like, never lose a game after being up five. Shoot 5-1. the puck in. Dump it on the boards, keep it there, kill clock. That's I don't know what the fuck their coaching is like right now, but they need to assess moving forward right now because 
that showing is not going to take them anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah. Come playoffs. You can't just look at this game and think, oh, it's just, you know, it's a one-off. This won't happen again. The fact that it happened in the first place, the fact that you can go into that locker room, you know, between the second and third period and think, yeah, we played a good game. Let's just see this out. Let's just see the rest of the third period out. Let's go out there and, you know, let's, let's finish the game and let's get back to our hotels. Yeah. And then coming back in after the end of the game thinking, what the fuck just happened? They lost 6-5 in a game they were up 5-1. I feel like no matter what yeah. time, what, what time in the league, what, what, however, you know, what team is doing what in terms of Toronto and Ottawa, Ottawa is always Toronto's Achilles heel. I think like if you broke it down to next gen stats level, I think the Ottawa Senators had a 0.001% chance oh, of man. winning this game. Man, whoever with, with if, what, if anyone put time? money on that game last night. Yeah, it'd be rich. Specifically you know, but, like at the end of the second period if they bet on Ottawa to win, they would be very rich right now. Yeah, I mean like with with this Maple Leafs team though, I mean We've seen a lot of high-scoring games. We've seen a lot of close games. They've been on the winning side of a lot of these close games. Uh, I think what Sheldon Keefe needs to do now is find a way to get to these guys and let them know, hey, you guys got to figure this out. Yeah. You got to figure this out in a way that we can play shutdown D when we're up. We can, we can play with a lead because that's the Leafs' problem right now. They don't know how to play with the lead. They have never. They know how, how to play. come back from being down one or two goals, mm-hmm. but they don't fucking know how to play with the lead. And, you know, you can sign 100 veterans on this team, but until it starts from the top, right? Until they can't, like, uh, like their coaching staff can't figure out how to get to them and tell them how to play strategically mm-hmm. on and how to hold a lead, then they're never going to figure it out. I thought it was a good signing yesterday when they acquired Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah, let's talk you know? about that. Yeah, he was traded from Ottawa to Carolina over the weekend. And then he was traded uh, subsequently yesterday from Carolina to Toronto. He's been traded like seven or eight times in the seven or eight. Yeah, this is his seventh in. team, yeah. I think I think it said. Yeah. Um, however, one of the good uh, good things that came out of this trade is that Galchenyuk never actually left Canada while he was traded to Carolina. In the few days that he was a Carolina Hurricanes player, he never actually left Canada. So he doesn't have to quarantine he can play rather soon for the Leafs whenever they decide to throw him into the roster. Yeah, I mean, like he's a good addition to the team. Uh, we don't exactly know where he lines up because he does play center. Um, this could potentially shift Jason Spezza to the press box, or you know they could they can line him up on the third line and maybe we'll see Kerfoot you know move to a wing spot. You yeah. Know? So they have they have some depth here now and. I really like the fact that Alex Galchenyuk brings a history of of, um, of all the teams that he's played on before. You know, he he should be a good addition to this team. And if he's not, you know, they didn't really give up much for him. They gave up a no. couple minor league scrubs. Yeah, so. they gave up uh, Korshkov, who who was, you know, trying to break it into the NHL. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think this is strictly just a depth move for them. Like, I yeah. think – Maybe to, you know, make their players that they do have on the roster work a little harder, knowing that, you know, there's Galchenyuk and other players, you know, in the AHL and their taxi squad that are, you know, looking for a job in the NHL right now. So, yeah, yeah they're they're asking their, their third, fourth liners to start playing a little better, maybe. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't think um, much 
much is going to change on the Leafs roster after this. After yeah, this it's a very low risk uh, move here. Yeah, by the Leafs, and I, you know, hopefully it pays off for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Hurricanes actually uh, put him on waivers over the weekend, and he ended up clearing waivers. So it wasn't a big, yeah, it wasn't a big acquisition for them. But um, let's we'll see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, we'll move on here. Uh, let's get into a little bit of football news coming out of football. this week. It's been football, a while. Yeah. There's talks about J.J. Watt. You know, before we get into J.J. Watt, let's talk a little bit about Houston. <laughs> what the hell is going on in Houston right oh, now? Oh, man. Nobody wants to play. I saw I saw a tweet the other day where it was Houston has, has chosen to play with no fans this season. Nothing to do with COVID. It's just their new... <laughs> Just have no fans. Yeah, yeah, their new yeah their new way of playing just calls for no fans because nobody wants. Yeah, nobody wants to play in Houston. They they just lost the fucking dumpster fire. That entire not only their football organization but their baseball organization, their basketball, their basketball team, organization. Any team in Houston, nobody yeah. wants to play. Yeah, they lost George Springer to the Jays. Thank you, George Springer. Mm-hmm. They lost uh, Russell Westbrook to the Washington Wizards. They lost James Harden, who that was just the whole. That was crazy how that situation played out. But they lost him to Brooklyn, and now they're they're losing J.J. Watt. And potentially, well, they lost DeAndre Hopkins as well, and potentially Deshaun Watson. Further from the fact that they're losing these players, these are just players that are outspokenly, uh, publicly saying that they want out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we saw James Harden in uh, on the Rockets, who the last little while, it got really ugly. With him just kind of not trying, him coming, showing up to games, overweight, not really performing to the James Harden level that we're expecting. You know what I mean? Like we're seeing it in 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 basketball. We're seeing it in baseball. You know, they had that huge scandal. They had to play through it the last year. Oh, the Houston Astros are just. Oh my God! I can't wait until there's actually fans in baseball stadiums because I I want. The Houston Astros get booed everywhere they go. They already did. You know what I mean? This past yeah. year, even though it was a shortened season, mm-hmm. um, you saw a lot of players <laughs> just hit, just throwing the ball at, at them. A lot of I mean? a lot like, of pitchers were just, uh, yeah, they're just beating their players. So I mean, this is not. This is just. There's something going on in Houston right now. Uh, we don't exactly know what it is. You're seeing on this team. You know, Will Fuller had a very tough year you know he had a career season and then he you know i thought he was getting traded at the deadline i think most people thought he was getting traded at the deadline and it dropped that he got suspended for peds Mm -hmm. right so that was just the beginning you know actually you know you think back to deandre hopkins and bill o'brien you know like this the the mess that was in houston all happened internally i still can't believe bill o'brien was the coach and the gm at the same time and probably other things probably the water boy probably you know you traded deandre hopkins for absolutely nothing deandre hopkins is arguably the best wide receiver in the nfl right now he's a difference maker you know the cardinals didn't, it didn't play out for them this year but it started with him they moved they had that issue with will fuller you know they lost some players to injuries throughout the year they weren't very good you know, they f- I think they finished like three and and thirteen or four and twelve this year. Then they they're on the search for hiring a coach, and you know, like their most important player on the team, Deshaun Watson, sent them some individuals that he'd like them to kind of interview and yeah. have a, a potential shot at becoming a coach to coach him. You know what I mean? And what did they do? 
they ignored that. Ignored it you completely. Know, until the very last moment. If I was Deshaun Watson, I would have asked out Houston a very long time. A long time ago, yeah. They're just they're not getting it together. And Deshaun Watson is not a player that you can just you know he's in his prime right now, and he's mm-hmm. he's only got like a couple more years left, maybe of his prime. And so you don't want to waste that. You know, he's a player that can bring you to a Super Bowl. Same yeah, thing that's yeah. going on in in Seattle right now with Russell Wilson. It's hard to play well when you're not inspired by the organization absolutely you know it's like going to a job that you hate working at because of the place that you work at you know Mm -hmm. what i mean you go to a job and it's it's really hard to to be motivated you know like you're gonna have a hard time wanting to be there that's exactly what's happening to sean watson right now you know he he doesn't have any faith in this organization you know jj watt went into the front office spoke with the owners and told them he's like hey i told the exact same thing I don't think this is the right place for me right now. And he sent out that message to the fans of Houston, the city of Houston. Yeah. He's done a lot for Houston. Yeah. And Houston, not not just on the field, but off the field. Like, they're, they're losing a lot in J.J. Watt. Yeah. Yeah, he's helped them out a, a lot with charity. He's done so many great things for Houston. Um, they're losing a lot, for sure. Yeah, right. And, like, just we're, we're probably going to have this exact same conversation about when – Houston inevitably trades Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. I, yeah, there's no way Deshaun Watson starts next season in a Texans uniform. So JJ Watt, you know, he's a he's on top of the long list of free agents this year that will find a new home. Uh, where do you think he ends up? Where do I think? I think you know, hands down, he's a New York Giant by the end of. By the end, no, I wish, <laughs> but he's not. Um, I I think the most likely scenario is either he goes to Pittsburgh and there's the the Watt family reunion and then or he goes to Cleveland because he's an ex, he's going to be an expensive player, you know, whatever team decides to take him on, they're they're taking on a uh, a lot of money. But yeah, I think Pittsburgh and Cleveland can do that. Yeah, you know, that, obviously as a Steelers fan, it'd be it'd be amazing to watch those three brothers uh on the same team, you know, that Watt family has championship dna you know what i mean in their blood you know like tj watt was one of the final picks in the first round a few years ago you know that's like they found value in him and like he's just developed i think he was snubbed this year for getting defensive player of the year which which went to aaron aaron donald but you know just having that caliber a player you know on the edge rush um, and them both being on the same team, playing on the same line, would be a scary, scary uh, front line. But I, you know, I saw a report earlier this morning about JJ Watt coming out and saying he likes the makeup of the of the Cleveland Browns. He likes the fact that they can offer him market value. He likes the fact that they have a championship structure you know they they had a great season this past year they had a good run this season they had a good run they have a good defense in place you know like i i feel like he there's a number of suitors for jj watt and there will continue to be until we actually see him sign somewhere he could end up in green bay where he's from with the packers you know there's again there's there's other teams that uh we're gonna see make a run for him but i really think you know with with the texans losing all these key players they need to make a big move this year as well. They want to stay relevant and and show Watson that hey, 
we're serious about you. We want you to stay here. I know you've given us a trade request, but here's why you should stay here. They need to do something to try and entice this guy to stay. Yeah, they've come out and said that, you know, we're not going to trade Deshaun Watson, but that's definitely not yeah. enough. Like, you got to hack, you got to actually have a plan here. You can't just say, you know, Deshaun Watson, please stay. You got to come out and say, this is why we want you to stay because we believe in you. We're going to put this team around you right now. For me, the Houston Texans have to re sign Will Fuller. They I have think so, to. Eh? You have to. They, I mean, Will Fuller at the beginning of the year was Deshaun Watson's favorite target. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was. He was unstoppable at times. That game against the Detroit Lions, where he had almost 200 yards, two touchdowns, I think it was on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. he just blew everyone out of the water. you know. And then, obviously, the week, the next week after, he was well, yeah, suspended. He was, he was, was on game, steroids. Game, that's why. <laughs> that being said, being uh, Deshaun Watson's favorite target after the loss of Hopkins, mm-hmm. I feel like the Houston Texans need to re-sign Will Fuller. In order to at least have a shot at keeping Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Or Deshaun Watson can just say screw it and come play for New York. Exactly. <laughs> you know? You know, and it, and it also helps that J.J. Watt is off the uh, salary cap. So they do have... They, they have space to go out and get who they want. They have about... I'm reading it right now. They have just over $10 million to spend. So. Yeah. Hey, I'll take the contract. Yeah, there you go. Sign me for $10 million, I'll come in and... I can't promise you much, but I, I can definitely wear a uniform for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, I'll run up and down the field, maybe not touch anybody, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a presence on the field. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors. There's a lot going on with the Toronto Raptors right now. They're currently sitting at 12-15 and 15 in their eighth place, mm-hmm. but still early in the season. A couple wins can move you up uh, a number of spots in the standings right now. What do you think about the Raptors right now, Neil? Trash. They're, trash. They're, they're, they're playing like trash. They're, they're not, you know, the Raptors that we've seen over the last couple years. Uh, they're playing like early 2000s Raptors, you know, where you're going to see a very entertaining, uh, very organized and, and defensively sound team one game and then the very next game mm-hmm. they're getting blown out by 30 points mm-hmm. sitting at 12 and 15 you know they had a brutal start to the year but now they're just kind of hitting this inconsistency button where you know they're they're playing well and then they're not playing well they're playing well then they're not playing well yeah they need they definitely so. need to find a, a balance um they, there are a lot of games right now that are back to back um i think they played uh five games in seven days recently which is a lot and so they're, they're definitely out of gas they're running out of gas which i don't know if you can use that as an excuse this season but you know they got to find a way to win you know if bell media was the coach of this team they, the all of the players would get fired oh they'd totally 100 percent get Ex- fired except for maybe van vliet but like they would they would clean house yeah but they they tell them that they value their mental health first yeah and you know they make a couple hashtags about it and claim that they're making donations and then they'd fire we're seeing a nice little stretch here from Siakam. You know, he's been on fire lately. Yeah, he got his uh, second triple-double of his career this season. He's playing really well. Van Vliet, we're seeing, you know, like good games, bad games. Um, he's having really, really good games where he's dropping 50-plus. 54. And then he's having the, the follow-up game where he's only scoring 9 or 10 points. I really think they need to find some sort of consistency here. They need to find some sort of fuel to, to get them going. And I think that fuel is going to come via 
a shakeup with the roster. There is a shakeup coming, though. Yeah. As much as you know, we want to say that it's not, or we want these players to stay. There is definitely a shakeup on the horizon. They are currently linked with Andre Drummond, who is currently being sat by Cleveland uh, as they look for a trade. But yeah, it, it breaks my heart to know what they'll have to give up for Drummond, but mm-hmm. I think it needs to happen. I think this season is wide open. I think Masai and Webster know there's a there's a chance here. You know, even though they're having a down season, the Raptors need a shakeup. And what is Masai best known for? Shaking things up. Buying and low and shaking things up, right? What better buy low candidate <laughs> is there out there right now? I'm not going to say Blake Griffin because he's still a loser. Yeah, don't go there. (laughs) But Andre Drummond, you know, like the Raptors have been looking for a center presence the entire season since losing the duo of Gasol and Ibaka, right? They thought they were getting that in Aaron Baines. They thought him coming in, you know, he he wasn't going to be Ibaka or Gasol, but he was maybe going to fill that void, and it's just not working. Yeah, we had – we had Alex Len on the team earlier. That that experiment didn't work out. We dropped him. You know, um, for whatever reason, Coach Nurse does not want to give Chris Boucher an opportunity. You know, we see him flourish in 20-plus minutes, yeah. and then the next game, he's a DNP CD, Coach of the Year. Yeah. I don't understand. You know, like, as a, as a player who needs time to develop, and, you know, he, he could be a starter on this team, but maybe they have – a different vision for him mm-hmm. you know i think with having an addition with someone like andre drummond you could slot him in at the starting position play him 25 to 30 minutes a game absolutely you can still find boucher 25 minutes a game and then aaron baines sprinkle him in there when needed you know aaron baines should not be a starter in this league i would say if they're making a, a push for drummond i think aaron baines is included in the conversation Fuck yeah. Get him out of here. I think um, because Drummond's contract is so big, it's going to be hard for the Raptors to take that on. So I think there has to be another team included in this deal, in my opinion. Um, I don't know who that team is or, you know, what would be the best fit. But I I definitely think there needs to be some sort of three-way deal happening here if the Raptors are actually um, included in the talks for Andre Drummond. Yeah. Along the same lines, Neil, Kyle Lowry is rumored to be selling his house in Toronto, in North York, for $5.3 million. If you have uh, $5.3 million lying around, I would say go buy this house. It's really nice. I've yeah. looked at pictures, and it's, it's, it's amazing. He's got an elevator in the house. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not a tall house, but he's got an elevator. I mean, I'd put an elevator in my house if I could. That's true. Uh, yeah, no, it, the pictures look great, but uh, what's more relevant to this is that does he know that his time in Toronto is up? Or is this just him preparing for the end of the season? When yeah, why he is he selling his house? He you possibly know, it's not, retires. Not a, it's not a great time to be selling your house. It's definitely not. But, you know, obviously I don't think um, Masai is going to have the same situation he had with DeRozan. I think if Lowry is on his way out, I would I would hold him. Whether that's, whether that's at the end of the season when his contract is up or it's now with the Drummond trade. I think Masai and Bobby Webster have had a conversation with Lowry saying, listen, this is a possible scenario. We don't want you to be blindsided by this with, you know, the pandemic and everything that's going on in the world right now. 
that we want you to have a little bit of a head start with this. So that's possibly what this is, is that Lowry is preparing for something to happen in the future. There are options out there for a backup center. Like we could see, um, we could see that at rotation shuffle and Lasan Kyle Lowry. We could see uh, Van Vliet playing playing the point guard position. Norman Powell has really flourished in that starting position. He was starting at, at small forward the yeah. last couple of games, but obviously he hasn't been able to consolidate. Yeah, he could slot into that guard spot, and he's averaging close to twenty points in the struggle that Lowry has been going through. So keeping him there isn't a bad thing. I really think the Raptors, if they play Kyle Lowry, would be uh, better suited to play five at backup point guard. And now Pat Flynn is stepping into the wings right now and filling that depth. Very similar path to what they did with Brad a couple of months ago. Pray for Lowry to come back, but he is not ready to play right now. You know, he's he's a few years away. I think the Raptors would uh, would be best suited to deciding to buy him out or at least keep him around. Uh, but it's it's come to my mind that he's not ready for the job. Someone who's proven uh, he could come in, not be set in place, could be that third option on the bench for you. Um, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. I, you know, on a given night, when he's healthy, he still has his moments. He has something to offer. You know, we talk all of this stuff about you can't do this. You can't say that publicly. If you say that publicly, you're fine. Anthony Davis got fined, I think, $100,000 or something like that for demanding a trade publicly. But you can say Andre Drummond's getting traded publicly and we're looking to trade him publicly and he's to stay professional and just deal with it. But then when Kyrie Irving say, oh, my mental health is off, Everybody go crazy about that too. Do you not think that affects someone mentally? As much as we put into this game to be great, to come out here and be in shape, to produce for fans every single night, and most importantly, to help your team win. Do you think that doesn't affect someone mentally? But as players, we're told to, ah, no, you can't say that, you can't say this, but teams can. Draymond Green just spitting facts. Draymond Green is one of my favorite players to watch interviews of because like he, he just tells it like it is i no matter what you may feel about how he plays on the court 
you have to you know respect what he does in interviews he does not hold back he, he you know like i said he tells it like it is and he just no bullshit yeah i mean like he he's basically right now just calling out the league on this double standard that's happening in the nba about treatment of players and he's absolutely right you know and i think he does have a point you know like he is basically saying that these players are now expected to stay in shape now expected to come to every game be supportive of this organization that has made it known that hey we're gonna fucking trade you yeah you're not you're not working out in our system you're not working out for us but you know stay in shape be like be as best as you can come to every game in street clothes and still put a smile on yeah how is you this how, how how is the team not disciplined for this players are disciplined for this players are fine for this left right and center when they say when they come out and say that they want to trade or they come out and say that they don't want to play for that team but teams can get away with it no problem there's also another thing that um a new rule was put in place this year that stars aren't allowed to be sat out in big games is andre drummond not a star you know he's they're, they're sitting him out and you know there's how is this situation different how is them saying oh we're gonna sit him out because we're trading him different from we're gonna sit him out because we want to rest him they, I mean, there's rules that are being broken here he did bring up james harden in the in his rant he did um james harden's not exactly the best example that you want to use when you're making an argument founded on public perception and professionalism true because, he did he know, did go out and party in a pandemic he didn't show up you know fit he 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 you could tell let i mentioned this in the past you know it kind of reminded me of early 2000s when vince carter stopped trying for the toronto raptors because yes. he wanted a trade yes which you essentially know? ruined his relationship with toronto it, it took toronto a long time to, to you know receive him respectively well it, it ruined his image yes it ruined vince carter's image doing that it ruined james harden's image doing what he did mm-hmm. in houston and now you know like what what Draymond Green is saying he's like he's basically saying players have no voice you know organizations can have a voice and say hey you fucking suck we're gonna have a DNP beside your name which you know having a DNP as a player looking at a box score and seeing a DNP beside your name that's fucking embarrassing yeah you know especially as a star player so now you're you're basically saying that organizations can have this say and say hey we're not going to sit you we're trying to trade you yeah but a player can't say hey this isn't working out for me i'd like to be traded yeah there is a double standard there and the nba needs to figure that out absolutely there's there needs to be you know a, a middle ground here where both parties can be accountable or no parties can be accountable but there needs to be some sort of consistency because it's just not right what's happening here you know, with, with the scenario that Drummond's going through right now, we all knew when Cleveland snooped into that, that James Harden deal last minute and acquired Jared Allen from uh, the Nets, that, I mean, that was, pro- I mentioned this again, that was probably the best uh, deal to come out of there, you know, because they gave up almost nothing to get him. Yeah, absolutely. And now just, Jared Allen is the future of that team. He's a future with, center. With Drummond leaving, yeah. And as soon as he, uh, he, as soon as they made that deal, it was very clear that the Cavs were not going to keep Drummond long term. Absolutely. 
Yeah, no, it, it, when you make a trade public, like when you when you come out and say that you want this trade to happen publicly, it definitely it's a strategy for both sides, but it changes, you know, the value of the deal. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the exact I mentioned this at the top of the show with Blake Griffin, the exact same things happening to, happening to him. It also I'm, I'm really glad he, he touched on mental health. It also derails someone's mental health knowing that a team doesn't want them and knowing that not only that they have to now pick up their life and move somewhere that they don't know of yet yeah they're sitting in the limbo right now because they don't know what's going to happen the team is probably definitely not filling them in on what their talks are yeah you don't you don't even have a say in you know like if you have kids if you have if you have a family you don't even have a say in where the next destination is that you're going to be moving to yeah you know if you're Someone Especially like, during a pandemic right now, like you have to pick up pick up your entire life and move it, your entire family and move it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I also just read something here. Um, if you're someone like Blake Griffin, who I personally think isn't trying, I just read uh, this line: he has yet to dunk a single time this season. I think that Blake Griffin has yet to dunk. Blake once. Griffin. Uh, this slam dunk year. contest winner is yeah he's gonna get bought out he's not even gonna get traded who's gonna take that on yeah nobody wants that contract it's way too much to be pay- paying blake griffin but if i he, can't fucking believe that he has yet to dunk a single time this season yeah if he wants to up his value he should have dunked i i don't know why he isn't but um the future is is it gonna be crazy all right ladies and gentlemen that is our show thank you so much again for tuning in we got a big show next week. We're going to talk Champions League because that's coming back this week, even though Manchester United is not in it. Yeah, we haven't talked much about football, the European football. But it's coming. It's coming. Don't you worry. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 